and then go live. I'm just gonna hit a button, fuck it. No description. Hey guys, um, welcome back to. Uh, we are back. Be, this will be podcast number 13. Uh, obviously, we did uh, episode 12 uh, about two years ago, roughly. I think. Two years? No, two weeks ago. I said two weeks. No. <laughs> I've been that far. Um, before we get right into it, um, we're not going to go too in depth, we're just going to give you a general consensus, a brief. Um, we, ha- we had an argument, let's say, uh, things didn't, you know, work out. Um, we had a bit of a hiatus. Um, our friendship isn't a traditional friendship. Like in that sense, mm-hmm. so to that outside outside world, they'd probably think, for fuck's sake, that's not going to last. Yeah, argue, well, we've lasted for fifteen years. Arguing so. like arguing like a married couple. But yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, right, we, the, the right things were said. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. So, so. we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move on. Um, I mean, that's what we're doing anyway. It's pointless talking yeah. about it when it's um, brought to So yeah, we just wanted to make that clear. Now, here we, now we are going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to let Aidan speak. Yeah, make sure you ask me questions. Though. Yeah, so, on that note, work. Yeah. Like... I had a like I could sit, I could tell from your face when I came in you weren't happy. Yeah. So, what's going on with work? Um, well, what is that? What exactly <laughs> are they doing that's making you pissed off? They've decided to change something that I've been used to for the past six, seven years, and that is my work rotor. They've tried to change it. Right. Without any consideration to me whatsoever, they gave me four days advance notice to let me know that they're going to be changing it. Right. Without realising that I have things that I have planned and I have spent £100 on a college trip that I'm supposed to be going to, which was on my road to days off. So now they're trying to do that to me. It's at risk of me wasting the money. But... Um, thank you for some people at work who have gave me some advice. They said to me that they won't, they aren't allowed to do that. But I had a bit of a feeling inside my gut anyway to think that they're not allowed to do it. Um, but somebody said to me that made the feeling stronger that they are not allowed to do it. So what I did was I went to the union. And uh, they said to me that I'll read it out to you they said to me let's get it up they said (coughs) one second Um, right I said to them 
I told him about the situation I'm in. And I told him that they only told me a few, um, four days before when the new rotor was about to begin. So they told me on a Friday and it was beginning on a Monday. This was a few weeks ago. And they said, hi Aiden, the policy states that rotors should be made available six weeks in advance. They gave me four days notice. Right, so they the twats, alright? Yeah. Our position is that they should not only then be changed with the agreement of the individual and shouldn't be changed by just the one side and shouldn't uh, by management as this would make a mockery of the, po uh, of the policy. So therefore there's two things here, there's two rules here that they should be abiding by. They should be putting me into consideration with what I want to do and to put the law into consideration where we're supposed to be telling them in six weeks notice they did any they did none of those things they didn't bother to ask me how i would feel about this situation mm. so i felt like absolute shit i felt uh i've been in a, kind of like an emotional wreck these past few weeks because of the situation that i'm in uh they haven't gave me any you no. Know, consideration at all, it's like they don't give a shit. Um, so I had to write my manager a letter. And this is what the let letter said. Um, it's all been fucking, they've made me feel. Yeah, if you've had any similar situation, then you would like to know. Right, so this is what, this is what um, I said to her. Right. But I'm going to rewind it a bit. Um, I went to the union office at the Nottingham City campus. And uh, I told them about my situation. I told them what's happening. I told them how it's making me feel, how I've got Asperger's syndrome. And I can't take stress norm like normal people can. I can't do it. It's just not a part of me. I, I find it hard to deal with stress in a normal way. Uh, it affects me. The smallest of things seem big to me. The smallest of things. And they should know this because I've mentioned it to them three or four times. Ever since I've been diagnosed, which is 25 years old. That's six years of me telling them over and over again. That's four times in the space of six years. I have told them that I have Asperger's Syndrome. Well, three to four times anyway. Um... <laughs> I told them what's happened and they told me, they sp they gave me advice, they they, taught, they they guided me through through the process of what I should do, uh, but what they did was they emailed my manager and they told, and they attached an email, they attached a document of the policies, the rules that they were breaking with this, with this decision that they have made. It was a long list, and uh, you know, workplace rights, individual rights. Um, they were broken quite a few of them, um, and my manager got back to them and said, "Okay, his rotor won't be changed." Great. I thought that was it. I thought it was over, but it was. But it's not. No. I got a letter from my manager. Who decided to put me up, put me under stress even more, 
by arranging a meeting on October 2nd <coughs> at 2 o'clock, which I can't make, by the way. This is where I'm going to mention the letter in a minute that I had to re uh, write, write to her. Right? October 2nd, which was going to be a meeting to discuss the proposal of changing my voter. A proposal means it's in your hands. A proposal means it's your decision if you want it doing or not. It's like proposing to your to a man or a woman. You know, they can tell you to fuck off if they want to. They can tell yeah. I'm not marrying you. You're loving a laugh, right? That's a proposal. They have given me a proposal, but I can't go to the meeting because I have a... I have an assessment at college, right? I've got to go to college and do a test, yeah? So, because of that, right, I had to write her a letter stating the fact why I can't go. This is the letter I wrote. <clears throat> right. Dear... Excuse me. Dear... I'm not going to say a name. Dear manager, I'm writing to you to inform you that I will not be able to attend the meeting as discussed in the letter and the letter on October 2nd. Reason being is because I will be attending college on that day. Therefore, I am hoping to find a solution as soon as possible. But first, I would I would like to answer the question you asked me on the day I came to see you, which was why am I so upset? The question all stemmed from the moment when I went to see them first, before I went to see the, went to the union office. I thought I'd do it the right way. I thought I'd do it the appropriate way. I'll talk to them first, and then I'll go to the union. That's what you're supposed to do. I did. I told them, and I told them about what the union told me over Facebook. I told them that they aren't allowed to change my rotor without my consent. I told them that they're supposed to give me six weeks' notice. And they didn't. And all that I got from them was, yes, we are. We're allowed to. That's all they said. Pathetic. So I, I said to him, no, you're not. If you're not going to bother, I'm going to see the union. Because I'm not talking to you guys if you're, not, if you're not giving me much help here. So, bye. So as I walked out the door, my manager said to me, why are you so upset? Tell me the reason why you're so upset about your road to being changed. What are the reasons? And I went, I'm not explaining <coughs> myself to you. And I walked out. So this is what I said to her to answer her question. Why am I so upset? With each holiday I have off, I like to not only do things that I enjoy, but see friends and especially family that I do, that I do not get to see very often because they live elsewhere. This sudden situation has jeopardised me seeing them because now my days off are being threatened with change. I do not wish to cause tension between us because I know it is your duty as a manager to make these decisions sometimes. But I need to mention this to you. Because of my autism, this sudden change hasn't gone down well with my mental health and it has caused serious stress since this has started. Another answered question is... That I am also going on a trip with college to York on November 8th and it has cost me £100 and that also has caused my mental health to worsen. As a person with autism, what may seem, norm what may seem small to normal people are big to me and this situation is one of them. I am used to sticking with routines and plans and when one of those are broken, my stress levels heighten. I hope this can be resolved soon. Aidan.
She never replied to me. That was sent five days ago. And you haven't had a reply since. But I have sent that twice. I've sent that twice. Right? Once on the 24th right. of September, and the next one, 26th of September. Not one email back. Yeah, because so, they'll do the classic line, are we too busy? No, yeah. No, you're not. No, you're just supposed to check your emails, right? So That's why I've got an inbox. Right. Um, and she tells me that I didn't get it. I've got it in my sent box, so that's official evidence that I've got that I sent it to her. I've got the dates and I've got the I've got the time when I sent it. The only way she won't have the, the this email is if she deleted it. A guy at work that I've got to thank, he he gave me a solution. He said to hit her with both barrels. Not only you should email her, but you should also give the letter to her on paper. And then he said to me, I'll give it to you for her. If you send me the, the email that you sent to her, I can print it off and give it to her in person. I said, great idea. He's doing that today and he's going to give it to her today. So therefore, she won't have it in email. She'll have it on a piece of paper as well on her desk. You can't avoid this. Yeah, but I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm playing devil's advocate. What if she takes the letter... But then, accident, accidentally fouls it, and it suddenly goes missing. She's making the situation for because even worse. Because a manager like this isn't going to listen. She's making the situation for even worse. I've got her where I want her, right? Well, take, well isn't... I'm going to put Don't you her. have uh, access to anyone high up? I do, but I'm not going to do that yet. I'm building this up. I've got it all planned in my head, well, right? I've gone to the union, right? They're gonna help me, right? If they still don't listen, I can get, I can put other people in play. I've got it all worked out. That she has no idea what she's doing. Mental health, right? Is a big thing in the workplace, right? If you're in the union and you have some kind of mental health issues, whether it'll be Asperger's or anxiety, any of those things the union will help you if your managers are putting you in a situation that doesn't need to happen right that's what's happening to me and I'm not going to stand for this shit I can get I can put her in the shit I can and I will if she makes things worse and I tell you what I'm looking forward to this because they deserve everything they're going to get I tell you what I'm not. I'm not dealing with this shit. Well, I'm I, not having it. I, I fully support you, and I support you in in doing this. They have no consideration whatsoever for, for people like me. <clears throat> How far? This is probably going to be a stupid question because I know you too well. But how far are you willing to take it? Because there's got because there's got to be a point. What a fucking way. Yeah, but then yeah, but you've got to think. There has to be a point of where you need to stop. Yes, you want to make your point, and again, I fully support you in doing that. But there needs to be a break. There needs meet, to be a stop. I've got, I've got a meeting that I'm going to on the 25th of October, a big Unison conference. 
about mental health. And I'm going to go to it after work. It's 7pm till 9pm. Anyone's invited to go. Right? I'm going to turn up. I'm going to say my piece. And I'm going to leave. They need to know what's happening. They need to know the serious, the seriousness behind this. And they will. I don't care what they do. You don't treat anybody like this. It doesn't matter if you're a manager, a supervisor or anyone. Right? And the only good thing about this is, they can't fire me. They can't get rid of me. So I'll keep working there or when I'll keep working there as long as I want. If you fire somebody for sticking up for themselves, a person who's got mental health issues, a person that is throwing punches back because of self-defence, they can't do it. And Union will back me up on that. They've made this hard for themselves. They think because they're the managers, they are untouchable. They're not. They're so used to workers, they're so used to people who work underneath them to roll over and let them tickle their bellies. This is what's going to happen today, bitch. You know, you can't have any annual leave. You can't have Christmas off. You can't see your, you can't see your son or daughter's play. Okay. Now go on, get out. I said my bit. They're used to it. They're used to people saying, okay. They're used to people not being bothered to say anything. That's why they're acting the way they are. I've seen it. It's happened so many times in that place. They've been in that office for years. Because they have cut corners. And they will keep doing it. And it's just wrong. Well, you know that you know the situation I was in. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I, I would, I would have stuck, I would have stuck there. But the reason why I unfortunately you wasn't in the union. If you was in the union, I wasn't in a union, but I was within. But I was a member of yeah. a mental health. Yeah, but it's not thing. a union. They can't get involved. If you're in the union, yeah. right? They could get. They could have but got involved. I got in touch with union and I signed up to a union. And I was paying like £7 a month or something. But and I was telling them my situation. Hmm? And I kept like sending them emails, keeping them updated. Right? And, you know, nothing came of it because. You know, my situation kept getting worse, and I would have stayed, and I would have fought. Like, I'm, I'm not a quitter. Like, I, I would have stayed, but because of the amount of stress, and I suffer from stress, the same as they do. Right, my health was getting damaged. Was, you know, getting up there. Like, to the point where I was like, no, fuck it, this isn't worth it. This is not, this is not worth my health deteriorating. Worse. 
I knew it was me, I knew it, and my health was getting worse. So I chose to leave. But they came out, they said I was fired, which I knew it was happen anyway. But I took, I, my health was more important than working at that place under that management. I wish I could fucking leave, but I can't. Right. But, I mean, remember when you said to them, oh, um, I've been, I've been diagnosed with Asperger's. Yeah. Right, and they said, oh, I didn't know that. And I just said, but well, I've just found out myself. Exactly. But they were, but after the other times when I told them, they still said they didn't know that. I'm, I'm just sick. Because in their head, because you didn't come to them first, when we were first diagnosed or whatever, to them in their head, oh, it's not important, need to manage this far. That's how they see it. Yeah, because they cut corners. Even with my former employer, I showed them evidence. I gave them a doctor note. Twice. Right? Oh, we lost it. Right? How can you lost, lose it? So then I sent it to the higher, higher up. I got the email, sent it. Like, oh, we can't, oh. Yeah. Right? I even had a meeting with him. We will support you. We will, we will support you, but I'll, we'll the support then. Yeah. Right? They, they say they will support you. Uh, Just a joke. I I went about. I took it into my own hands, and I um, and I thought if they if they might ask me for proof about having Asperger's syndrome, and I took it upon myself <coughs> to find the the diagnostic report from twenty twelve when they officially diagnosed me with Asperger's syndrome. I've got it saved to my phone. Uh, it says, to, at the very end of the letter, it says, um, we conclude that Aidan is as, has Asperger's syndrome. And it said the date and the person who signed it and everything. So I've got all the evidence I need. I've got the email I sent to her. I've got the piece of paper that will be given to her today. I've got the diagnostic report to, uh, of me being diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. Um, there's no getting away from this. She can ignore this as much as she wants. She's so used to staying in her office, sitting behind a desk. That's her force field. And it's just pure arrogance. It really is. She's going to take get a shock to the system when she has to do some kind of hearing to suggest why have you been treating somebody with a serious mental health issue. This will be brought to light. And I don't care. I, I'm just sick and tired of my management of being so careless. I am. It's just a joke to work there. It's a joke. It's so disorganised. And they're not bothered. 
You will ask them a question and sometimes they won't even know the answer to it. It's just a, it's just a farce. It's just, it's, it's comedy. If someone put that on a projector in front of a hall of a thousand people on a projector screen about the day in the life of a cleaner at the hospital, they'd have a laugh because they'll see the department at work, they'll see what it's like, and they'll be like, what the hell? <coughs> what is this? Circus? Who's running this department? Clowns? Because it sort of flipping feels like it. Well, I asked my supervisor a question once, and she didn't even know the answer. You're supposed to be my supervisor, and you didn't even know the answer to a simple question. It's just a joke, and you don't... Uh... That, that reminds me of my supervisor. Yes. Like, yeah. Although, saying that, if I, if I was sitting in my job and I walked into work and there were a bunch of clowns, they would be all dead, because <laughs> I hate clowns. But... Um, <laughs> um, well, to be, to be honest, every day I wanted to kill someone because... I was walking in like a zombie because of all that added stress. Yeah. Walking in. I mean, fortunately, even though I wasn't on a job, um, fortunately, I can start work in another field. Right? Because I did two courses. Well, as of a week ago, I've, I've now done three courses. I'm a counsellor, I've done a PTSD counselling course, so I'm a therapy in post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and I'm a nutrition advisor. So, I'm fortunate. Right, so I could like, do counselling from, from today onwards. Oh. But I want to have another job so that I can comfortably afford to, let's say, have an office, on a monthly, whilst not worrying about paying rent. Because I'm not stupid. Right, talking on a job, I've got an interview Friday this week. Doing what? For, uh, cleaning, cleaning operative. This Friday. And I'm stressing about that, obviously. Um, see how it goes. Um, I don't know what their policy is. I'm going to have a look on their website so what their policy is. I'm going to ask them about their mental health policy. And I'm going to say to them, I would like to be in the background. Not on the shop floor, so to speak, because none. Yeah, after, if you accept onto the job. After, yeah, if because I'm accepted. I'm not saying I'm guaranteed because I'm not. But, you know... But, you know, it's one thing being fortunate in having a qualification already so you're able to go into a field that you want to. But when you are trying to, one, go to college to, you know, improve in your field or chosen field, you know, and you're trying to 
put stuff out so you can get your uh, business out there. It's 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 like it might seem all easy to the outside world, but then again, mental health it all powers up, right? You need time, and when your structure from work is being disrupted by fucking arseholes who don't really care, they're just happy that they're getting their flipping paycheck. Right? It's it's all just... How can I put it? I mean, I decided to go back to college a few weeks ago because I knew that to to get a job in the chosen field that I'm in, um, but working under another company, I need I need some degrees, degrees, and I've gone back to college to do an access course, which is a year. An access course is like a crash course. It's a year, but there's two, three years worth of work, all rolled into a year. And it's for people over 19. You don't pay for the course, but you've got to go to university or do a higher degree after. And you've got to pass. If you don't pass, you pay for the course. So it's pressure. It's a lot of pressure for me. A year course with two, three years worth of work. I need to pass. If I don't pass, I'll be paying over £300 a month because the course has cost me nearly five grand. I took out a student loan, therefore I need to pass it. Or if I don't pass it, I'll be forever paying that. So, no pressure then. Um, this was before all of this. This was before this, this situation. This was before my manager decided to play up. It's just come at a, a less convenient time. You know, why choose now to be a bitch? Why choose now to be a heartless fucking moron? Why choose now to be a black-hearted waste of space who doesn't care about it on other individuals that work there? I'd like to know that question. I'd like to know the answer to that question. Because she knows that I've got it. She knows that I've got a mental health issue. She might deny it. She will deny it because she's a compulsive liar. She likes to lie to get her own way. She's lied to many people. She's lied to me. When I wrote her a letter telling her that I want more hours, telling her that my age, because of my age, I need more hours now. Because I've been working here for over five years at that time when I asked her. She told me she'll talk to me about it. She never did. I knocked on her office. She said, oh, I haven't got round to it yet. <laughs> You're just a waste of space. You really are a waste of space. And you've been in that office for so long. It's just... It's like a dictatorship. It's like a communist country having the same prep... Um, the same president every single four years. It's a joke. She saw how upset I was in the office when I walked in there. She saw how upset I was 
when I was talking, I was shaking with anger. I was looking at them with, with hate in my eyes, hate. I was looking at them both like I wanted to murder them. Because they have no heart. They have no soul. They just care about themselves. They're not bothered. They're selfish and arrogant. And they think they can't be touched. <laughs> That's how arrogant they are. They think they can't be touched. I hate them. I do. Hate's a strong word. It's a strong word. And I don't like to use it. But I'd hate them. Because the way they've made me feel. About no compassion at all. That they... They treat... They go after the vulnerable. Because they think that they won't do anything. They go after the vulnerable because they think that they won't fight back. And it's wrong. That's why they picked on me. Because they knew that I've got mental health issues. They knew I've got Asperger's Syndrome. <coughs> they know that I'm on the autistic spectrum. So they thought, because he's got that, he will fill up with stress and he won't be bothered. Well, you can fuck off, because I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I can't be bothered to not be bothered. But they thought that I was going to do that. But I didn't. They've got away with it for too long. They have. And I don't care how far I have to go. This is how much I hate them. I am going to go as far as I can with this. Because they are, fuck it. They are fucked up big time. And when you fuck up big time, you need to pay for it. Yeah, but pay in what way? Like what way are you? I don't know. About? I don't know yet. But they will get, they will get right bad shit. They will get pe. They will get right. Not bad shit, as in you know anyone would say. I'm on about other people finding out about it officially, not by me telling them. By this getting out. I just don't care. It's like something's awakened inside of me. All this pepped up determination, all this all this anger through the years of them cutting corners. Doing shit to other people. And I'm like, why do you let them do it? So why are you scared? Your so first would be the union on the twenty fifth yeah. of October. Yep. And then obviously after you said your piece you'll gauge what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Um if no leeway become of it what would obviously you can't really know but what would your next step be after that if that doesn't do anything their managers HR human resources 
their managers, department managers. I'll keep sending letters. I'll go up and up and up. Well, the only time the Doing that, going up, going higher up, in order for the higher up to take fucking notice, because I don't think they're bothered at all. I mean, I've done this for years, so, I, so they're not going to be bothered. <coughs> the one way you could go about it, and this is entirely up to you, but you could you utilise the media. Like, if you wanted to read and make a point, and highlight to make sure everyone sees it. Mm. Obviously, after you've done the initial, that's the next. That would be that would be for uh, newspaper. That'd be way down. That you see. if you want a big mass. Yeah. Then well, we'll because see. Because that would because that would do because that would do more damage. Yeah. We'll see how how damaging it how how much it damages me first. Because going up and up, right. Yeah, but that's the first step. Yeah, that's the first that's, step. That's the, that's the right steps to take. Yeah, but also if you do the media, like yeah. the newspaper, yeah, that's then it. that it coincide with that will make the point. Yeah, that's that's that will be after that stage, right? Because if this gets worse, my health will get worse, and yeah. then when that happens, right, I want to go to my doctors. And I'm gonna go stress. After that, right, other things will come into play. The reason why I bring bring the media in is because I know you, and you're not gonna back down. But the reason why I bring in the media is because you, by you wanting wanting to do this, you will and will be making your mental health worse. Yeah. So that's why I say media because yeah. that because that's less stressful. Yeah. It's getting your point because it'll be the newspapers. Right, you could even go on the radio. Yeah. Right? More listeners. You're right. Right, because, you know I mean and, and, and fair enough, go go and do that, but I'm just saying Listen, like, you can be my backup. I'll go with you. And we can make because, uh, I, you know, we can make the point together. No, because um, it happened to you and now it's happening to me. <clears throat> so yeah, you're right. But that's I mean, way that's way down the line. Yeah, I mean obviously see where it takes you with these steps, you know. But you don't wanna go and do that and then you come out of it, right? Still have your job, but your mental health has got worse. Yeah, but and plus with you doing That's when I will go stress and recuperate. You know? I've got it all worked out, mate. No worries. I've got it all planned out in my head. And uh, it's going to work because it's like they are going against the inevitable. It's like trying to remove an, an immovable object. It's like headbutting the, the ground and thinking you're going to make a hole in it. You don't want to make a hole in the ground, headbutt in it. No. The only hole you're going to make is in your head. Yeah. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And they don't... 
just don't get, understand. You know what I mean? They mm. don't understand what they've done. I've said it to her. What may seem small to normal people is big to me. I stated that. That should have been a warning sign. <coughs> yeah. Because now I feel like something has awakened inside of me where I want to put as much punishment on them as possible. All I see in here is two witches. <laughs> two fucked up evil witches that are going to do whatever they want and make you suffer as much as they want because you're not doing what you're told. Yeah. And it's not going to work. Not yeah. with me. I'm going to say something. I don't... And please forgive me. I don't want this to, this to sound the way it does. But it's going to sound... Right? But... And I'm not going to say all, pe all people who suffer from mental health are this way. But... Me and probably Aiden, we, we are, and please don't take this wrong way, but we're calculated, if that's the right word to say, in that we choose the right times to, like, do something. Like, I'm, like, with the courses I did, and the, like, crash course, which I basically did what he's doing. I did. He did, sorry. Right. I've broadened my knowledge. Even though I'm, I suffer from mental health for 20, nearly 21 years, I've broadened my knowledge in the areas that I'm going into. So I'm more clever than most. So we are more calculated in that he will choose, he will choose the right time to strike. Regarding right, doing the simple steps when it comes to his work, right? We don't bolt, we don't bulldoze in, which is where I think most mental health sufferers do. They want to go ball deep into a situation where they don't. Maybe. May well. Well, it's just. No, really. I didn't say all of them, I was saying most. Right? They don't assess the bigger picture. Right? So, before I or Aidan or whoever makes a move, we need to assess, like, okay, so if I do this, what's going to be the repercussions? Do I have a, fall a fallback plan? Right. Do we have something else that we can go into to, I don't know, keep working? But when it comes to going up against, which it seems funny, but they're supposed to be, this is the NHS, <laughs> right? That's the funny side. Mm -hmm. Yet National they're not taking care of their own, employee, own employees. Or my department. Or his department. Well, I just find that funny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Slackly, oh, the, Slackly the Evans. Of, Slackly Evans' performance. 
Yeah. Or Richard Pryor. Yeah, it's, or Eddie yeah. Murphy. Where, where are you now? I'm out of services. I'm fucked. Well, that's where they're going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fuck them up with words. I really am. I will. I mean, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, right? I'm only small, but... I can... I, I'm going to pick up a boulder. I'm going to throw out. Wouldn't it be funny if you're flipping Rocky Balboa sorry, chanting? <laughs> like the fucking... That's like, fuck off. Creed 2's coming out soon. Yeah, I know. Fucking shit. But... <laughs> but... Apollo Creed's son, hey. And he's yeah. going up against flipping Ivan Drago's son. More coincidence. But... You know... All I'm saying is, right... Is to be a manager. You're supposed, more to, than you're sitting on supposed to manage. You're supposed to manage. Manage means taking care of your surroundings, people that work for you. See if they're okay in their job. See if they're getting on all right. See if they want need anything. See if they need any favours. See if they need their arm putting around them. To talk to them. To listen to them. To make the department as good as possible. To work in. That's the job of a manager. To make the department as successful as possible. The only way you're going to do that to make the department as successful as possible is to have the workers at full capacity. They're not doing that because there's no consideration in their minds at all. Yeah, because there's two types of ma- there's two types types of managers. You're supposed to be approachable as a manager. Right. Type one is you manage. But you're a hands-off. You tell people what to do, and then you let them do it, whilst you, I don't know, fuck about in your office, typing or whatever. Then there's type two, where a manager is really hands-on. He doesn't spend his time in the office. He goes out. He goes on to different wards within that, that within his department to make sure that everyone is doing their Woman job. Woman can be a manager too, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying that there's two types. There's a the hands-off yeah. approach, which isn't really beneficial because it's just fuck all, or there's a hands-on. What do you prefer? No. I mean, me, I'd prefer... I'd, I'd prefer to the opposite of what my manager is, and that is hands-on. But I wouldn't. You won't prefer hands-on? Hands-on, yes. But, but, ha- with, but with my situation, I'm the supervisor wouldn't fucking, wouldn't fucking listen to what I was saying. Right? I'm the type of person... Right? When in my work environment, I was already stressed. Right? Because I hated being there. Right? And I was trying to do my job. Like but me, he yeah. kept pestering me. I don't need that. <laughs> I just want to be told what to do. Give me... 
send me a text or whatever. And I'm like, fine, leave me alone and I'll be all, and I'll be good. There'll be no escalation. Uh, so I wouldn't want hands on, but that's me. Mm. But in general, you, you wouldn't prefer that. You know, at least your manager would be sorry, hey, you know, some care. At least he cares about you, he's the one fucking paying you. Well, he's not paying me. Well, he's not paying you, but, you know. You're not paying me, the flipping NHSs. When you're a big company, that's hard to do. Or, or the NHS. Or the NHS, that's hard to do. Because, you know, even small companies struggle, but they at least make the effort. You know, so it's a balancing act. Uh, I mean, you don't want to like, go into work one day and you go flipping security guards, or whatever, or flipping patrol, uh, managers or whatever, make on every um, exit or entrance, making sure you're doing everything. No. That's, well, that's going too far. But you at least want some um, a manager or a manageress being courteous, caring, not stuck in the office. I just don't Doing care. paperwork. That I don't know, but I'm just assuming. <clears throat> How much fucking paperwork is there? Like, seriously. Well... Because a lot of the stuff, unless they unless they still do it the old-fashioned way, know. but a lot of stuff is automated now. I don't know. I but, don't know how much paperwork they have, but... What's more important? That doesn't give them the right to do the, do what they're doing now. What's more important, paperwork or your, or your, or your team? Making sure they're OK. Or you tell me. Me, the workers. Yeah. Everyone. Not paperwork. But I'm gonna go out on a, go out on a limb here and I'll say that the majority of the com- of companies spend more time in your, in offices in the office than they do managing their team. I could be wrong. No, you're probably right. Right? But this is, throughout time, right, from going, right, from the 1700s upwards, right, this has been replayed century after century. Right, you get, you have one guy or one woman, although back then women didn't work, so it would be the man, because he wants to have all, everything, right? <laughs> He's at the top, right, <laughs> his workers. He didn't, right, back then he didn't give a fuck about the workers. He didn't care if they died or whatever. Right, he just bothered about getting the money. Mm. Right, it's a trickle down effect. Now I'm not saying, not, well, I say I am. Right, these, <laughs> these managers or owners probably don't give a fuck. Their company could blow up tomorrow and they won't care. <laughs> right? Well, you've got to look at it like that. I think they'd care. I just <laughs> well, think no, they'd care. I think, well, no, I think money plays more the, of a part. They but I, just think, I think they'd care about the company, but I don't think they'd care about the workers. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you know, so, I don't know. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Well, they've done anything. They've done either. Yeah. 
That's the thing, they don't do anything. I mean, I could go around there tomorrow and tell him I'm going to commit suicide. <coughs> and they won't do anything. That's it. <coughs> I, I'm not trying to joke about this, but that's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. That's how bad I feel. Yeah, um, a couple of a couple of guys at my place of work um, committed suicide. Yeah, you told me about that. That was. Um, yeah. He was talking. One, everybody who spoke to him was like, "Yeah, he's happy." I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. And I even said to this girl. And I was like, she was saying, she was saying uh, oh, you're just happy, and I don't understand, all right? And I was just turned around to her and said, well, the thing is, it it's a facade. Like, you're not really happy, it's just a fun. And I remember her saying to me, I do know, because I've been there. And I still am, so I know, right? But two people, um, speaking of death, um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but a teenager uh, died. Or because she ate a sandwich from a yeah. press of mango. That was a... Uh, had sesame in it. Yeah. So, you know. And uh, the sad thing is, there was a doctor on the plane, <coughs> but they couldn't give him the right equipment to save her because they was about to land. And everybody needed to be in their seats. So she died because the doctor wasn't given the right equipment and he had <coughs> equipment on board the plane. But they just couldn't give it to It's it is really sad. It is really, really bad. It's a tragedy, it's it's completely fucked up because they could have saved her life, but they chose not to because they were landing the plane. Yeah. I mean, um, this isn't... 15 years old. Yeah. 15. She's literally got her whole life in front of her, and she couldn't be saved because they were landing the plane. Now, don't land the plane then and save the fucking girl's life. What's more important? Somebody's life or landing the plane? 15 years old. And her friend was right next to her. Wow. Her friend is going to be Screwed up for the entire of her life. She witnessed her friend die right in front of her. Now. I don't care who you are. That's going to affect you. It really is. And obviously I will never understand how her parents feel or family. But her friend, to see it happen, right in front of her very eyes. I can see 
not that the family would want this, because they, they just want justice. But I could see damages coming out. Yeah. I could see the airport because they because they can't do it because they can't get rid of it. The, the, air the family won't the family won't want that obviously, but the airline the airline will get will get yeah will get not a lot of shit from this. Yeah, and right there was so. a doctor on board that could have saved her life. All he needed was the right equipment, which they had. They had the right equipment on board, but because of the fact that they were landing. It's, and they wanted everybody to be in their seats. It's just wrong. They could have just carried on flying and waited to save a life and then landed the plane. I'm sure the pilot would have been able to circle round and landed. They've done it many times. It's yeah. what they're trained for. You see pilots making emergency landings all the time. When a plane gets fucked up, I've watched... Um, I mean, what? I've watched flights from hell, right? And they were flying back, and the wing caught fire. I've watched one where one of the engines failed, and they were just gliding, and then they finally landed. Yeah. What about the um? There's a film made about it. Hudson River. Yeah. Called Solid. Tom Hanks was in it. Yeah. yeah but that, but that guy who was playing, look yeah. what he did. Yeah, he landed the plane on the Hudson Bay. Yeah. So it can be done. These these pilots, they spend 50, 60 hours, even more a week, training. Right, in, right, that's what they need to do. They can do it. But to not... But... But to not save for life. Their excuse would probably be, would probably be, our um, turbulence. Bollocks. It's just, it's just wrong. But it's like you, you don't. It's like they didn't care. You know. I mean, I know it's easy for me to say because I wasn't there. But it's somebody's life. It's a fifteen-year-old girl's life. Now, I know they didn't know the age of the girl, but she looked young. She didn't look like somebody that was in her twenties. <coughs> Or thirties, she looked younger than that. And to not want to save somebody's life, no matter what age they are. I mean, it's, I just don't understand. What's more important here, meeting your deadline, or saving somebody's life? I mean, for well, I know which one's important for me. For all of the deaths that. You know, it's happened in the last year or two years, let's say. You know, I mean, you've had a 20-year-old bodybuilder die all because he choked on food. Was he eating? Yeah, he's a bodybuilder. He was eating and he choked on food. Yeah, what was he eating? Fuck knows. I think it was a burger. <laughs> I don't know. What happened? I don't know. He just ate food and he started choking. Where was he? And he died... Uh, um, a fast food place. 20 years old? He was 20 years old. He was an IFBB pro. Um, yeah, so he died. Um, one year, it's the one year, one year anniversary of 
British piano. Wow, that went Passing cool. away. Was he one of your people you looked up to, though? He was more, I looked up to him because he was motivational. Hmm. Like, yeah, he did steroids, yes. Yeah, but he, he, but he also that. preached, but he didn't preach that to his listeners. He, he said, do it in a natural way. He, he, uh, he admitted that he did do it, and he admitted yeah. that he was wrong. Yeah. Which was the good thing to do. And he, he was very intelligent. He had at least... He had a massive company that was turning excess of five million a year. He had plans for seven other companies. He was intelligent. And the, un- and the only reason he died was because his girlfriend was cutting his hair and he just fell back. And at the time when he fell back, he was over £300. That's a lot of weight. So all of that weight... Going onto your neck. And she couldn't... Keep him up, obviously, because he's only probably about a hundred and some pounds. Doesn't matter how much but, you weigh, you're not no. gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do anything but, about that. Obviously, the papers started saying, "Oh, it's because of steroids." No, no, it's because he banged his head, and all of that three hundred pound. That's gonna kill anyone. So he died because of that, not because of steroids. But we all know what the media do. It's you know. Um, then obviously you had. I think it's been a year since Robin Williams. Is it a year? Four years. Four years. He died in August 2014. Um, yeah. You've had... Um, is that guy from Lincoln Park still alive? Or did he commit suicide? Oh, yeah, he died. The one who asked for help? He died and that was two years ago. Yeah. A few years back now. Or was it last year? So, um, well, that, he was, and obviously, uh, just recently you had the 15 world. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know, we don't know if she had mental health, that's not what we're saying. Mm. But you've got to think, like, we, why did these keep, keep happening? Now, you know, obviously, you know, now, I, we're not blaming Pretamanga because they're not at fault. They didn't know. No. She died from eating a sandwich. She could have been allergic. Yeah. But, 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 what I'm gonna the fact s- of the matter is, what I'm going to say is, um, there was no urgency. There was no. <laughs> they could have, they could have let that doctor get to her within a matter of minutes and he could have saved her life. Right. It's the same with the 20 year old who choked. Someone could have done a Heimlich manoeuvre. Right? And stopped him from choking. Right? You've got to think. Like, just because someone... Unless they go down the route of committing suicide, then obviously they're no range saving. Not unless you can preempt. Well, there is a way of saving somebody from committing suicide, and so that's to... See the signs and help them. Yeah, but not everyone has grew up, unfortunately. It's like my workplace. It, even though we were in 2018, it's not the dark ages, but it's anyway. Like, it's like my workplace. You know, they there's no. They have no. They have no. Uh, what, should, what can I say? They, they they don't really take notice. About, no, the only, uh, way, the only way they take notice is if you've cut your arm. 
or your head's cut open, or whatever. Then they take notice, and, they, and you get seen to. Right? But it just, like, it doesn't shock me anymore. Like, it's sad, it's sad to say, but it's it like, doesn't. It's like me, it doesn't surprise me, and it's, it's wrong how something like this has gotten to the point where we're not surprised. No. Because it's happened so many times, and it's going to keep happening. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter after the after when my thing's over. It's gonna last a while. Yeah, I mean. But they still won't change. No. I know that. I'm not gonna say my my fight back is gonna change anything because it won't. It's gonna be forgotten about. They'll move on. I'll move on, and then we'll just get on with it. I mean, there's. I mean, um, besides the fifteen-year-old girl. Also. Yeah. Um. Tina Turner's eldest eldest son committed suicide. Um, this is this was Tina Turner's first son that she had when she was eighteen. Um, so, this was before she met Ike, Ike Turner, um, he died recently at, at the, the age of 59, um, his cause of de- of death was suicide because of all th- all of the things that that he witnessed and what he witnessed was Ike um, beating up his mum through the years. Obviously you um if you if you have seen the film What's Love Got to Do with It, then obviously you would have seen what I'm talking about. Um and because he struggled to come to terms with what happened to his mum, he committed suicide at the, at the age of fifty nine. So, um, <clears throat> you also had Heath Ledger, who passed away, um, You know, um, the death, the uh, death has just, you know, been mounting, mounting up. I was just telling them about um, Tina, Tina Turner's son. Mm-hmm. He committed suicide.
When? At 59 years old. I think a week or two ago. Uh, because of what she went through with Ike, beating him up. Tina Turner? Yeah, Tina, Tina Turner's son that she had before she met Ike passed, uh, committed, committed suicide because of what she went through with Ike, as in Ike beating him up. Well, look what happened to Whitney Houston's daughter. Yeah. I mean, the, the stuff Whitney Houston went through from her husband abusing her, yep, from, drug, from drug addiction, uh, she passed away, of course. Yep. And her daughter, well, we all know what happened to her. Yeah. And it's just really bad. I mean, it just shows you what heartbreak can do to, you know, committing suicide. People say it's the coward's way out, but you've got to look at it. More than that, it, this they've they're all they've already died. <coughs> if they want to commit suicide, they've already died, and they just want to leave this earth because what's the point? That's what yeah. they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. And when somebody dies, or somebody that you love, or something happens to you that you're never gonna go, that's never gonna. You can never rewind the clock. No. I've been to the point where, you know, I wanted, I've I've tried it plenty of times, and it never happened. I never, it never got to the point because obviously I'm still here. But I know what it's like to be at the stage before you actually do it. Um... And you're in a dark place, man. It's it's just nobody can just doesn't matter what people say. Nobody can do anything because you you're in a haze. Yep. You're in a, a, a sh you are shrouded by all this negativity and these voices inside your head where they're just telling you to do it. Yeah. Take the black dog, but multiply it. Yeah. That's yeah. how it feels. And. I want to point out that when someone makes the decision to commit suicide or commit, any, commit anything, and I'm just speaking from my experience, and maybe Aidan will chip in as well, if he agrees, there is more than one step. There's more than one step. Before you get to that point, well, they could be, there could be three steps or five steps that you take towards the suicide. Right, someone who is suicidal. Well, they don't even have to be suicidal. Right, someone who is seriously contemplating suicide, they don't just wake up and say, you know, right, I'm going to do it tonight. No. It's a process within their head. 
and it could be five steps and and you know those five steps they will put in place without anyone knowing without their closest family member knowing right we don't make it known oh um don't mind me i'm just plotting my suicide no it's not a calling card right they don't let anyone know Right. Yeah, it's a process in their head because yeah. they because they want to. The reason um, why they don't want anyone to know is because they don't think people care. No, that's it, and that's what causes the majority of this. We feel people don't care. We feel that the world <coughs> doesn't care. One of the questions before somebody goes ahead with committing suicide is. Will anyone miss me when I'm gone? What's the point in living? Those are two questions that come into your head. Yeah. Because I've had those questions come into my head multiple times. I was worse when I was in my teens and early 20s. I was that, I was, that, was, that was when I was at my worst. That's when every, anybody is, is at their worst, really. Unless you're obviously Tina Turner's son who couldn't deal with his mother's passing... Um, but your teenage years and maybe when you're in your twenties, that was my dark. Those were my darkest moments. I still had it in my uh, mid twenties and late twenties, but not as bad as I was when I was in my late teens and early twenties. That was the time when I was at my most vulnerable with to myself about committing suicide. I was at my most vulnerable to my inner to my inner thoughts because a lot of my thoughts were negative. I hardly had any positive thoughts back then because of the fact that I was just... One, that I didn't know I had autism. Mm -hmm. Two, I didn't really have the right people around me. Okay, I had you, but yeah. I still hung around with Jason yeah. and everybody else. And three... I just started a new job and I was probably anxious. So the vital one was me not knowing that I had it. Therefore, I don't know how to deal with it because I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, you can't do anything. No. So I couldn't find a way to counterattack it. So I just had this invisible force inside of me causing chaos in my mind, telling me to kill myself every flipping damn day. And I just had to survive because the people... I can remember my mum said to me once, um, she said, how do you think... Because she, you know, she found out that I tried to kill myself. She said to me, how do you think I would have felt? if I came into the house and saw you laying dead on the floor. My brother also caught me trying to... Luckily, people kept seeing me trying to do it. <laughs> you know, and they obviously got a big shock. Uh, my brother walked into the kitchen once and I had a knife to my stomach. I 
was going to. I was ready to do it. Um, but he came in and uh, he, he talked me out of it. He said, <laughs> he said, how the hell do you think your family would have coped? My sister was a year old and he said, what what about your sister? She's gonna grow up with without one of her brothers being there for her. How do you think mum would have felt if she found out her son is dead? And how do you think I would have felt? Because I would have walked in, in this just this moment with you bleeding to death. So I didn't do it. I didn't do it, and it, I was lucky that he was there because if he wasn't there, well, I'd made my mind up. I just needed somebody to flip the switch and make me see the damages I would have caused with this kind of decision. Um, I don't think I will reach that situation again uh, because I've got the ammunition now to not only do I know what, what it is that is causing these problems in my mind I know how to counteract them and I've been doing it successfully for the past few years now by keeping busy yeah. And that is that is the way to do it, to keep busy. And I've gone back to college not only to leave where I am now, get out of there and get a better job. I'm doing it for myself to keep busy and to broaden my horizons with life and have more opportunities. Okay, yes, I write comic books. Okay, yes, I could make a living from it, but I need something else, and I want something else, and this is what I'm doing. I don't want to stay at that hospital for more than four more years. I That is asking for me to... That's just opening the trap door for me because if I did that I'd probably end up like I was in my late teens, early twenties, depressed um, and I probably wouldn't last how I say I probably won't last is because I'm saying that I wouldn't last literally I would not last because that's how that place makes me and that's how it is there if you work there, you know what's going off. If you work there, you know how the managers are. Unless you're a close friend to them and you know them outside of work. But if you're somebody like me that has faced their stupidity, faced their inconsideracy, faced their ignorance, then you will then can safely say that you probably feel the same way as I do.
I know people that are just sick and tired of it. I know people that have been working there for years and years and years and they know as much as I do that the management is just dreadful. But they're going to be there for as long as they want because that's just how this place is run and it's just wrong but that's the reason why I'm keeping busy. I'm keeping busy because for my mental health. I'm keeping busy because I don't want to work there anymore. And I want to leave for another job, a better job. There are two reasons why I'm doing it. To keep myself happy and to broaden my opportunities. Yeah. At the end of the day... And it's sad how it's come to this. It's sad. But that's just how they are. It's... The, f the flexibility. You know, we want to be able to do our job, but we also want to be able to do what we want outside of work. So we want the flexibility. That's what we want. And the only way... <clears throat> for myself and probably Aidan is going in, going into another field that you can be flexible right I want to work for so many days for so many hours and then I can take let's say I work four days a week right doing counselling Offering a service. For my own sanity, I take three days, three days off. That's the time where I can relax, still keep busy, obviously, because that's the key, yeah. but do something that I, else that I love. If you don't keep busy... That's what we need. We don't want to be flipping nine to five or a robot. I mean, we feel like that anyway. Well, certainly I do. But, no, no, I do as well. But, yeah. Well, that's why... I, but, but we don't want to get to a state where... We're so fucking consumed with work... That we can't breathe. Like, get the fuck away. <laughs> like, we don't want that. We want the flexibility. Right, and if that means that, hey, fuck it. Right, I'll just go on my own. Be self-employed. <laughs> work only for myself. That's what I want, and that's the path I'm going to go down. Yes, I want. I'm, I've got a job interview this week. I probably won't hear back from them, but hey, but I'm going to go to it. See what happens. If I get it, great. I'll just muddle along, plod along, like stay behind, um, do my work, and then just fuck off out, and then do what I want to do. But I'm not at work. Right, you know, that's what I want to do. And that's what he wants to do by going back to college. You know. Doing a crash course, you know. But you've got, you've got to do, you've got to make the right choices for you. Right. The right choice for, for in Aiden, Aiden's case, is... He does not want to be working at the NHS for another five years. 
No, because even though he'll be, even though his business will grow, he's going to be stopped there. So, you know, he's got another plan. Well, you got to think, where do I want to be? Is where I'm working good enough? Am I getting the right support from your company? If you're not, join the union. In my case, the union that I was with didn't really help. But at that point, but I, jo- but I think I joined the union a bit too late. Yeah. If I joined them in the beginning, you then would. I'd still be in a job in the job. But that's a, that's a good that's a thing about hindsight. That that it that's how it works. But out. that's how it works. But you know, so if you just started a job, join the union, and you've also, and did. you've also learnt from your mistakes. Yeah. But you are still in the union. Yeah, I'm still in the union. Yeah. And when you go on this, and if you when oh, you when you get a new job, you can then use the union to as much as you want. Yeah, and that is <coughs> that's what unions there for. I mean, what the union did for me, I will always thank them for it. The union helped me. The union stopped me, stopped my management from being well, just just how they are. I mean, I've already t- said how I felt. Uh, but again, they're back and they're trying to do things their way again. But it's not yeah. going to happen. But you know, the union help you. They really do. I can't stress this enough. If you're working, just be on the union. Yeah. It's worth the money. Trust me, it is worth the money. Depending on which union you go to, I mean, the union union I'm still with. I was paying seven pound a month. I'm paying that much. I'm paying about that much. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't it vary from union to union union or is it the same? Well, I'm with Unison. Um, yeah, I'm with them as well. But yeah. there are there are others. So so I would suggest do your research, like find out the best one for you. Yeah, but again, join the union. Yeah, that's the best way. Get help because. If your manager thinks that they know all the rules and regulations and the policy, yeah. they don't. No, they don't. Because they will fuck up, or when they do fuck up, you have the power to do something about it with the union by your side. And nine times out of ten, you will win the case. And nine times out of ten, your manager will not make that same mistake again and make your flipping work life and living hell. Because they won't dare to do that again because they know you've got a weapon behind you and that is the union. Don't fight it yourself. Don't. Don't fight it yourself. Because if you try and do that, you will lose. Because they are the managers. They have power behind them. Just trust me on this. If if you're a former union rep, or you know the ins and outs of the workplace and the policies and regulations, and you and you have the and you have that knowledge, then okay, fair enough. You may not need them, because you will just pull it out of your mind, give them all the information that you have in your head, and they will be thinking, oh yeah, okay, he's right. We won't do this, but it still helps to have the union. Yeah, it still helps. It doesn't matter if you know a lot or not. It still helps because they are a powerful identity, and they will back you up with all they with with all they've got for you. Yeah, 
and that, and they will sit by your side, and they will help, and they will fight your case with you like a lawyer. It's as simple as that. They are kind of like your lawyer. They will fight your case for you. Yeah. And you won't have all the workload. No. And so that means less stress for you. It's like how it's it's an insurance policy. That's what the union is. It's an insurance policy. When things go wrong, you have help. Yeah. It's like the the original company I was company I worked for. Right, they were a disability partner. Right, so basically, what that means is, if the company you work for, right, on their web, if you go onto their website, and if they, and if you see, like a sticker, a badge saying disability partner, if you have a disability or mental health, right. You don't need. You don't need to prove. You don't need to show them the documents, right? Because they're approved disability partner. Right. Obviously, don't take that. Take what I've said as given. Like, do your research and ask. So I didn't have to do that. Right. But when they got took over by NIC that's where the problem started arising because they kept asking me for proof yet they didn't need it because it was in my uh, contract from my former company and any company and this is and this is fact any company that has a takeover right, who, that is taken over by another that company who takes over, they have to check the contracts of everyone. Okay? They have to by law. But the NRC who took over didn't do that. They just steamrolled in and they gave us a supervisor that one was an annoying twat. He kept, he kept repeating everything Is three flipping times. You told me about this guy. Your supervisor, right? Yeah. He was speaking to me as if I was a three-year-old. And he kept saying to me, do I understand? I was like, well, yeah. I understand. He was treating right? like shit. But believe me, they ha- whenever there was a takeover, that company has to check the contracts. They have to know. Right. This person suffers from mental health. Right, let's have a look at his contract. Right, did it, right, did he so proof? Then the formula companies will say no, because we are a disability we are partnered with Remploy, who is a disability programme. So any so any client with them we don't they don't need to proof. Again, do you research and check? But with companies like NIC, they will hammer you. Right? They will be on they will be saying, right, we need to see documentation. We need proof. Because otherwise they won't proceed. So if you are 
seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist, make sure that you have access to that. Even give your psychiatrist your workplace details or whatever. Make sure you have that in place because otherwise, you know, the management will be arsy about it. So do research and make sure you have things in place because that way then, I was going to say it will be easier. Life will be easy. It won't be easy because mm. it never is. But at least you've got proof. But even when I did show proof by giving them a doctor note three times, um, but but again, but again, what was your mistake? My mistake. I didn't join the union until at least six months, maybe eight months before what happened. Right. So don't do what I did. I've learned. Yeah, you have learned. So I won't do that, make that mistake again. But look, but don't do what I do. Right, make sure you're with a union first off, because they will help you one step yeah. of the way. And if they don't and help you, then they're shit. But they will. And let's say if you want to make an appointment, they will even come out to you, to your place of work. If you've got a meeting with the flipping, like, upper twat that comes in... They will come with you. Come with you. And they will assist you. Yeah. And they will speak for you. Yeah, if you're not... You know, if you're not willing to speak for no. yourself. Because at, at the end of the day, right, you have to think, you have to think about your own sanity. Low battery. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up anyway. Uh, we're going to have 7%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but something that I did last week, or the week before, can't remember, can't remember, but um, I donated blood for the first time. Hey, well done, man. Um, my, blood, my blood type is B+. I don't know what my blood type is. Uh, the same as my mum's. Same as my brother's. Uh, I also found out that my dad had a, a rare blood group. Is that why you're such a jackass? So, um, <laughs> so, RH. Negative. Okay. He had that. I don't know what mine is. Um, I'm donating blood again on the 11th of January next year. Um, but I want to leave off with a poem by Maya Angelou. I know why. I know why the caged bird sings. It'll be, I'll do this very quickly because I'm like going out of battery. Um, a free, I've got something to say as well. Yeah, a free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his ring in the orange sun rays and dares to paint the sky. But a bird that stalks down to his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped, his feet are 
tied, so he, ho- so he opens his, his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful, with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his and his tune is heard on the distant hill. For the caged caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade rings soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn. And he named the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied. So he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown. But longed for stilled and his tune is heard on the distant hill. For the caged bird sings of freedom. And that's by Maya Angelou, a famous poem writer, um, who passed away a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just leave off with that. And you wanted to say something? Um, yes, uh, it's, it's about my uh, manga series. Uh, it's called River. Um, it's created by an amazing artist. Uh, he's on Facebook. <coughs> Um, Excuse me. His Facebook name Sorry, I forgot to say it with his Facebook page is Dark N Black thirty three. That's his Facebook fan that's his Facebook page. And his One second. Uh, his Instagram is lich, L-I-C-H-T, underscore, silver. That's his Instagram page. He's a brilliant artist, and he's helped me bring this manga to life. The manga series, at the moment, is only is at, as a tester. So you can read it. On Manga Rock, the app Manga Rock, and on Manga Dex. Manga Dex, as in Manga, M A N G A, Dex, D E X dot com. Just type in my name, Aiden Riley, E N at the end of Aiden Riley, and put, or just put River, and it will come up. Or again, do the same on, on Manga Rock, but these are just testers. Um, <clears throat> basically just getting the feel what people think about it I've spotted a few spell uh, errors grammatical errors so therefore they I've, I've ran through it I've proofread it and I've made the, 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 the mistakes that need to be corrected so I've sent them to the artist and he's going to re-letter it restructure the words for me and then it will be re-released as the finished product so if you would like to read that Go on Manga Rock again, type in River or my name, Aidan Riley, or my, the artist name, Lich Silver, or that's that's his pen name, or on Manga Dex and type in Lich Silver or Aidan Riley or River. 
Uh, it's a fantasy. Uh, it's a dark fantasy about a, a young man at nineteen who's nineteen years old. If he brushes past you, he can see your future. But he also has a special ability. If he looks into your eyes after brushing past you, if he looks into your eyes for two seconds, more than two seconds, or two or two seconds, he can show you your own future. So. That's all I wanted to say. There's a lot more to it than that, but the first chapter is out now. I've written the first volume. It's 12 chapters. I've been really working hard on this. <clears throat> and I hope you enjoy it. Please give it a read if you like that kind of uh, adult, mature... Um, Content. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, also, um, what I'm going to... Have a word. We'll talk about this off air because I don't want to battle it to run out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, this is um, probably the first Facebook Live. Well, the last one failed miserably. Yeah, the last one failed, yeah. Because we couldn't we'll get it working. No. So, <laughs> this is the first Live that's uh, been, been successful. Um... The the videos will probably well we'll we'll talk about it and then we'll let you know. But thanks for listening. We're really running low on battery. Yeah. So thanks for joining. Yeah. Um. Um. You know, an hour and forty minute video. So you know. Just one, long, just one long rant of yeah. un- inconsiderate bastards, but... Um, you know... Yeah, so we've got a lot of things off our chest, so to speak. Needed to happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had a lot to say. Um, anyway, I'm just rambling, so I'm going to leave. Alright. So, uh, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. See you soon. See you soon. Stay safe wherever you are, and have a nice day. Yes, I want to end it. Right. Yes. Jesus Christ.